Museum of Art on State Street, attention is given to the extraordinary life of Dutch painter Vincent van Gogh. Throughout the exhibit, the entire essence of van Gogh's career is put on display, alongside the pieces, people, and books that inspired him. Despite his short career of 10 years, the museum paints van Gogh in such a way that his impact and legacy will continue to grow. The exhibit, titled Through Vincent's Eyes, Van Gogh and His Sources, is here to immerse viewers in the mind and imagination of Vincent Van Gogh. 20 of his works are on display, alongside about 75 objects and 60 other artists chosen to reflect the art he most admired. Spanning from his early stages of somber imagery to the latter years of light and colorful works, viewers can connect Van Gogh's style-ranging pieces to the variety of inspiration throughout the timeline of his career. The aim of this exhibit is to take us a step beyond our common conception of the artist, of his madman genius narrative, and to firmly establish the evolution of his whole artistic journey. I spoke with SBMA curator Ai Kong, who has spent the past several years immersed in Van Gogh, creating this exhibition. I spoke with her about the exhibit as she led me through each room at the museum. So anyway, this is the introductory gallery, so hopefully this is where people will come through. We're expecting a big crowd. It's a very popular topic. Van Gogh gets sort of a perennial favorite. Um, but, you know, our show is distinguished in that it's not just Van Gogh uh, and only Van Gogh, but Van Gogh in the context of the art of his times. Starting in the first room, we go through the earliest works of Van Gogh, which established the beginning of his branching uniqueness. So anyway, in the first gallery, you see all of the early attempts uh, at mastering the figure, which he does through drawing. But even in the earliest drawings, you can see how specific he is. There's already a particular flavor and character to the way that he makes marks. We then looked into the initial inspirations of Van Gogh, which centered around the less fortunate and the non-elites. So the subject matter he chooses is of the disenfranchised and of the poor, the peasantry, uh, working class existence. And he wants to heroicize it to make it sympathetic. Uh, and he creates this painting, which he then translates into lithographic form. And we have a version of that on the uh, very famous painting, uh, in lithographic form called the potato eaters. Continuing on, Ike guided me through the progression of Van Gogh's imagery, starting with black and white prints that convey feelings of somber and darkness, staged against a deep gray wall. The next room brought a stark contrast to this, however, with oxblood red walls displaying landscape works explosive with color. This transition marks an intense, vivid palette with viscous brushwork, characterizing the work at the last two years of his tenure career. We see in this gallery his commitment to his early artist heroes, all of whom were described as realists or naturalists, committed to painting the land, the peasantry, and agrarian life. Another room is themed around the notion of the city and Van Gogh's experiences within it. So you can see the wall color changes again as you enter the next section. And that too, uh, it's actually called Amsterdam Blue, ironically. This is themed around the notion of the city and his experiences in the city. First, the city of Paris, the city of lights, uh, but also London, uh, where he was stationed for a while working at a branch of Goupil's in London. And his experiences in London were very formative, just as formative as his experiences in Paris. Ike walked me through the last gallery, which was decorated with white walls and a bright atmosphere. And hopefully you start to feel how the light <laughs> has really come into Vincent's vocabulary and moving to the south of France immediately has that effect on him. He thinks of the south of France as a kind of Japanese Holland. 
which is maybe hard to figure, but he thinks that the light there and the intensity of light and the natural beauty of the landscape and its intensity of color. A major theme of this exhibit is Van Gogh's inspirational figures, featuring over 60 artists that Van Gogh admired. Literally taking you through Vincent's eyes, viewers are introduced to the artist's biggest sources of inspiration, both through visual art and literary works. It turns out that Vincent was a very devoted reader of novels, especially. So many of these authors he recognized, like Charles Dickens or George Eliot. So again, this type of social realism was already being practiced in fiction. And this is one major means by which Vincent consumed the same ideals of representing the different classes of affective, emotionally moving literature, usually illustrated by these woodcuts again in black and white. And I think that this type of literature appealed to him so greatly because it was so much about the different ways in which people were now moving through society and the possibility of class dislocation, either falling out of an upper class into a lower class or somehow being able to move out of a lower class into an upper class. And that's a fascination that colors pretty much all of the art and literature of this period. Throughout the museum, you'll notice that this exhibition has a clear goal of expanding our current understanding of who Vincent van Gogh was and what he represents. And that's another thing that this show is trying to show you, to tell you, to narrate, is just that far from being the uh, intuitive madman genius that many people think he was just through the myth that is so familiar of his life having been represented in movies and books for so many decades now. Um, Van Gogh was actually very sophisticated, very well-read, very fluent in the art world of his day. After we finished the tour, I sat down with curator Ike to dig deeper into the fundamentals and purpose behind this exhibit. I began by asking her to detail the origins of this exhibit and what went into bringing these works to Santa Barbara. My director, Larry Feinberg, had dreamt of doing a Van Gogh exhibition and bringing great works of art by Van Gogh to Santa Barbara. Uh, he used to work at the Art Institute of Chicago, where legendarily they did some of the most famous exhibitions um, on Van Gogh. They have many major paintings by Van Gogh at that museum. Another point of inspiration was a painting called The Outskirts of Paris that we just looked at, um, which has long been on deposit here. It belongs to a private collector. And the original idea that I have was to do a small focus show around it. So it would have been just the Paris period works. But I quickly realized that if we weren't able to include the work of the last two years of Van Gogh's life, which are the most successful, the most accomplished, and the most memorable that our audience may be disappointed. So we decided instead to shift towards a more flexible concept, which is to look at the many artists who Van Gogh emulated and to include work from the entire career, which as you see, we've been able to organize in sort of thematic chapters in our installation. And of course, since we had the grand reopening last summer, we really wanted to bring a very important international loan exhibition here to our new beautifully appointed galleries. And so this seemed like a natural fit. And has Van Gogh been a large part of your work for a while? And how long have you personally been preparing for this exhibition? 
So the exhibition has taken about five years to organize, which isn't that unusual for a major loan exhibition. In this case, it was maybe prolonged further because of the pandemic. So the pandemic definitely interrupted our scheduling. So the show was postponed and it meant that I had to renegotiate all of the loans, which was a bit of a trial because Van Gogh is notoriously difficult to borrow. And there are about 10 Van Gogh exhibitions being organized all around the world at any given moment. So we were competing with a lot of other institutions. But fortunately, we were able to borrow 20 works when I thought we'd only be able to get maybe 15. So in some ways we benefited from the extra time Things that were not available became available, but it's really been quite a journey to get to this point. And I'm very relieved that we're able to present the show just at a point where it seems at least that the pandemic is receding. How do the works of other artists and authors fit into the Van Gogh's narrative? Yeah, so that's, I think, what distinguishes our exhibition from so many others and, and that we're trying to demonstrate that Van Gogh was very much a man of his moment, uh, a very particular 19th century, late 19th century sensibility. And by surrounding his work with examples of the artists that he so admired, you can begin to put together how he drew inspiration from them in a variety of ways, not only in terms of subject matter, but in terms of execution, so that he doesn't seem like a self-invented anachronism, but seems much more to be fully embedded in his historical moment. Could you describe the timeline of Van Gogh's different art styles? Yeah, so the way that the exhibition is organized is, as I said, more or less chronological, so you can feel, I think, the transformation of his style over the course of his brief 10-year career. So you start in this relatively darker gallery full of works on paper, which are largely black and white, as you can see. And his earliest attempts at painting are quite somber in tone, also in subject, as I say, just because he chooses to represent these impoverished peasants in a sort of heroic format. Uh, but quickly he realizes through the exhortation of his brother Theo, who is an art dealer, very established now in Paris, that he has to learn how to lighten his palette. So eventually he moves to Paris, moves in with his brother to save money, and he's finally exposed to the Impressionist, to all the cutting edge art in which he had never had any real interest. His interest had almost always been in that earlier school of naturalism or realism that you see in this one gallery with the red walls that's devoted to the Barbizon School and to the Hague School plein air painters, painters who painted out of doors. And that sort of earthier, more somber palette only gives way to the brighter luminosity of the Impressionists when he moves to Paris, when he sees for himself Monet, Pissarro, but also the younger artists of the so-called Petit Boulevard. That's how he describes them because all of their dealers were located in the area of Montmartre as opposed to the more established Impressionists whose dealers were all uh, located along the big Grand Boulevard of, of Paris. And literally you can see how his palette begins to lighten as he experiments through floral still lives, for example, with 
uh, the mastery of the use of complementary hue to create a more and more intense vibrancy of color. And by the time we get to the last gallery, which is McCormick Gallery, and you see first his assimilation of these beautiful colors he sees in Japanese woodblock prints, the graphical use of line, like the other post-impressionists, this infiltrates the way that he paints. And by the time he's moved to Ao, and he's been exposed to the brilliant Mediterranean, Mediterranean light of the south of France, so inspired and enraptured is he by the Arlesian landscape that he's able to create with such conviction these glorious compositions that I think most people recognize as his masterpieces. So how does this exhibit change our understanding of who Van Gogh was and how he worked? And is there an untold story this exhibit is meant to surface? Yeah, I mean, I think we pretty much lay it out from the very beginning in the introductory text for the exhibition that we want to get away from the drama of his biography, the suicide, the ear-cutting incident, this is a part of the mythology that's all too familiar through pop culture. And in some ways it's distracting because that is not a way of necessarily understanding what you're seeing in the paintings. And in some ways it's made people unable to see them for what they are, which uh, is something much more complex in relationship to the art of Van Gogh's time. And so that's what we really are hoping to accomplish is to not only get you to recognize some of the sources, but to see the world through Vincent's eyes, literally, if you know what he collected, what he valued, what he esteemed in other artists, it makes it much easier to see what he was trying to accomplish. So again, I think it's probably not easy for people to recognize that Van Gogh was a social realist, just like Emile Zola, just like Charles Dickens, but he's doing it in a visual form um, so that is a corrective that we hope uh, will come to fruition in this exhibition. For our listeners who are unfamiliar with the Santa Barbara Museum of Art, what would you like to tell them about this museum? I notice you have many galleries that go beyond Van Gogh. I mean, I feel like this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for many people in Santa Barbara and the immediate community who can't jump on a plane and go to Amsterdam or Paris to, to see the work of one of the most famous artists in the world. So, you know, I'm hoping, however, that what our show accomplishes is that we bring him down to earth. So instead of the mythic cult figure that so many people, I think, revere, so that he feels like a human being again, so that you recognize him as a human being participating in the complex reality of an industrialized modern Europe. Through this exhibit, the art, imagination, and mind of the brilliant artist Vincent van Gogh are displayed in their entirety, allowing visitors to fully immerse themselves into his incredible and lively career. Through Vincent's eyes takes a step back out of the common perception of van Gogh, away from his current madman genius legacy, and into the broader, more authentic portrait of his life. Coupled with the works and literature that fueled his creativity, the art of van Gogh stands out as some of the most influential pieces of our time. This exhibit will be running until May 22nd on State Street in downtown Santa Barbara. In addition to the exhibit, there are numerous community events around town that similarly express the influence of Van Gogh, such as six larger-than-life sunflower sculptures on display on State Street, 
but say anyway with soup and paint a Van Gogh class series and Moxie's virtual reality experience, The Night Cafe, where Van Gogh's art can be experienced in 3D, all of which run through late May. To find more information about this exhibit and other community events, be sure to check out the Santa Barbara Museum of Art's website.